you guys are gluttons for punishment. We've been going all day. We've been going all week, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you're back Sunday night, and I just want you to give yourself a round of applause because you bless me. Uh, if we go any later, we're going to provide pillows and blankets. Oh, whoa, whoa, slow down here. I'll do the preaching. Um, so uh, how this all transpired um, is that, and, and some of you heard it, but I, I want to do it again. When we did the frontline doctors, uh, the, the response was overwhelming and actually caught us off guard. The, the staff had prepared and I, I showed up that day, and I, I figured, well, I'm not speaking, but I'll come, you know, I got some things to do. And I pulled in. They didn't save me a parking spot, by the way. Why save me one? I'm only the pastor. I literally couldn't find a parking space, so I drove home and walked. And my daughter picked me up, and yeah, I got about 100 feet, and she picked me up, sweetheart. Because you don't get a body like this <laughs> exercising. But we literally had to turn away probably 300 people which tells me that everyone understands that we are in a very critical stage in, in this nation's history. And so uh, it, it was a remarkable evening. And one person in particular that spoke that I don't believe got enough time, but was critical to all of us understanding how we need to proceed was Nicole Pearson. And, and I'll tell you more about her in a moment, but... Um, so when we disbanded that and they all went home and everybody went their way and I got a, a call from a, um, a first responder, a firefighter uh, here in the county and, and said, I'm, I'm in. Some friends of mine are in as well. We're going to resist. Um, and I wanted to know, Pastor, if you could put on an event just for first responders. I said, sure. I, I said, when? He goes, August 20th. And at the time, it was like, I don't know, eight days. I'm like, dude, come on. And he goes, and also, can you bring all the folks that were at the frontline thing? I'm like, oh, God. So I made some calls, and, and God bless her heart. Uh, Simone, she was all over it. And then uh, Dr. Keith flew out from Dallas. And, and I, some of you heard this on today, but he, he literally has had three hours sleep through the whole weekend because, as many of you know, he, works, uh, he worked for one of the agencies, and he was in Afghanistan for uh, 12 years. Uh, doing stuff. Uh, he is being used of the Lord in a critical component to get folks out. And, it's, and, and I'm watching him work it, and I can't go into detail, but it's cool. Also, Victor Marks, who's come here to speak, uh, we've been praying, and we just got word today we got eight folks out uh, privately uh, from Afghanistan that were, their lives were threatened, and they were um, extracted out of Afghanistan. <laughs> Not by the government, but by private funds. Yeah. So they did a great job, and, and, but they, were, they, and they said, yeah, we'll come out. And I called Nicole, and she says, I, I, can't, I can't do Friday. I'm like, doggone it. That's the person I wanted to hear from. I, I can recite Simone's stuff. I can recite Keith's stuff because they've been on the – but I really wanted her to speak. And, and, and she said, I can do Sunday night. And I'm thinking, we got Friday night, we got Saturday morning, we got Sunday night, we got three services on Friday. I don't think anyone's going to come. I really, I thought, I thought you would be able to light a bomb off in here and nobody be hurt. But I have underestimated all of you. And, and I have to give you credit because 
you, you had the, uh, some of you had the glimpse into seeing how profound this lady is. And you know, I, she's beautiful, and I'm not calling her a dog, but it's, but it's the best way I can do She's a pit bull for Jesus. Um, and, and yeah, I, it, it, she, she's, what's that? That came out all right. Stop it. She's amazing. And, and um, it gives you great confidence when God surrounds you. I always tell people that I meet that have really touched me. I say, I know I'm doing something right when God surrounds me with people like you. And I feel that way about you. And I met Ethan, and I'm, he's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I mean, he's a cool dude. So what we're going to do tonight is she's going to share. And there's no time constraint for her. And she's got a presentation she wants to share with you. And at the conclusion of it, um, I know all of you are going to have a ton of questions because all of us have loved ones or ourselves or our neighbors that are just scrambling to figure out what to do because they don't want the clot shot. And uh, you don't know what that, the Fauci ouchie, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we're going to let you ask questions tonight. Uh, but we found the easiest way to do it is if you text the questions, then people don't hold the microphone and bloviate all day. They're forced to put the question up because I always say, could you give me the question? Yeah, in a second. <laughs> so you're going to text your question. Do we have the uh, number for that or not yet? We're high tech here. Actually, we are. I just, I, these guys have been working all day long. There it is. And, you know, let's give a hand for the staff. They, have, they haven't slept. So you can start, as uh, she's doing her presentation, um, and if it gets boring, then you can just text a question. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but you just text your question, and, and then they'll field them. If some of them are, like, out there, we probably won't take it. I mean, why are, you know, if you want to do something controversial, that's fine. Um, but we're, we're going to try to stay on topic. I, I'm not going to, like, disregard any questions. We only did one, we only disregarded one question last night, uh, and it was because, I can't remember what it was. It was, like, something obscure, and it wasn't anything we were worried about. We just weren't prepared to answer that. So don't worry about your questions. They'll be fine. Um, and then at the end, you get to do whatever you want to do. It, if you're, yeah, we got them a really nice room, and they never get any time away, and, you, like, say hello to them, but then we're going to let them go back and, and enjoy being a couple together because they have kids and you'd never realize that. I, well, you guys aren't laughing. You're bothering me. I'm trying. <laughs> All right, let me do this. This is why we're having problems. You ready? Lord, we ask your blessing on tonight. I thank you for the precious gift you've given us. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would bless my sister. And Lord, you've uniquely equipped her. I, I love the statement that the law is the wise restraints that make men free. And, and Lord, you, you said in your word when Jethro spoke to Moses, and he declared to Moses, you need to appoint godly men who are not covetous, who love the law, and point them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And, and the church in America, Lord, has abandoned your law, the wise restraints that make men free. Lord, we know the law doesn't save. Jesus saves. But the law preserves, and it keeps us safe until faith comes. But the enemy and the wicked weaponized the law to enslave humanity. And yet you've given us a nation of laws, and that 
those who govern by our consent do so, bound by the seven articles of the Constitution and the 27 amendments, and attorneys advocate. Others weaponize the law. But Lord, you have given us and our sister a great gift, one who rightly divides the word of truth, one who stands for liberty, and you have blessed us in a time of absolute need. And so, Lord, we want to say thank you for blessing us, and we ask that you would encourage her and her husband, and Lord, multiply uh, their hours of sleep, encourage them. Let this be a time of refreshment, and let them know that they're among friends, and our desire is to bless them because we already know we're going to be blessed by them. And so, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to welcome my dear friend. Come on up. Let's go. You're in. Did you get your... They're constantly monitored by facial recognition cameras that are able to instantly put a face to a name. Now the Chinese are also ranked, given a mark out of a possible 950 points. A score in the 700s is considered good, around the 500 mark is not. For now, the number is a sort of bank credit rating, keeping track of everyone's spending habits. I think being ranked is a good thing. A society has to have rules. It forces us to be well-behaved. It may seem scary, but it's just like that here. We're used to it, and anyway, we don't have a choice. But in an effort to keep all of its subjects in line, Beijing is taking the system a step further in 2020. It's aggregating data gathered by banks, private companies and the state to rate if someone's a good or bad citizen. By using the most data possible, the so-called big data, the system will play an important role in rebuilding a moral society. The state will go over every detail of a person's life with a fine-tooth comb. Their financial situation, spending habits, career, even behavior on social media. Criticizing the government online or displaying outward signs of wealth is a no-no. On the other hand, praising the party or giving blood increases your social credit. Xiao Wen Wang is a model citizen. She lives in Nanjing, a testing ground for social ranking. Married with a child, she has a job in a retirement home, no debts, and she wouldn't dream of jaywalking. As a good citizen, I respect the rules of the road. If I didn't, I'd lose points on my social credit. In theory, everything can be taken into account in the social score, even the most innocuous errands like supermarket shopping. When Xiaowen Wang makes an electronic payment, her purchases tell the state a lot about her. Buying cigarettes would count against her. On the other hand, nappies show she's an attentive mother. Beer could indicate alcoholism. She'd be better off buying water. In this pilot city of 8 million people, there are only 18,000 model citizens. For Xiaowen Wang, there are perks to be had, such as paying half price for the bus. I get discounts for all public services, even at museums. And the library is free for me, thanks to my school. A good school brings benefits, but people with low scores lose rights. The cinema names and shames people considered untrustworthy, plastering their details, even their addresses, across big screens. It's a matter of principle. Those people have to be condemned. Those people aren't honest, so they have to pay the price. 
It's only right to pay your debts. You have to blacklist those that don't. The Supreme Court has created a blacklist for so-called bad citizens, those whose ratings have dropped to zero. On it are companies, but also 23 million people to date. Among them is this journalist Liu Hu. He got a little too close to uncovering corruption among high-profile party members. After being sued for defamation by the subject of a story he'd written, he was blacklisted. He only realized when he tried to buy a train ticket and was told he was banned from traveling. That tells me I'm still on the blacklist. Punished because he's been branded untrustworthy by the state. Once you're blacklisted, you can no longer get a bank loan, start a business, buy an apartment, or even send your children to a private school. Liu Hu is among a tiny minority of people who have dared to criticize the system, which some are calling a digital dictatorship. I worry because I think many people like me will be deprived of individual freedoms, and all of us will live with restrictions of one kind or another. After our meeting, Yu Hu learned that his name had been removed from the blacklist, but he still has a long way to go if he doesn't want to languish at the bottom of the social credit hierarchy. Hi. So I was actually worried about showing that video again because I showed that two weeks ago when I was here, but it's actually more chilling today than it was um, when I was here, I can't remember the date, but I think it was about two weeks ago. We're already seeing this. So I just, last time I was trying to paint the picture and connect the dots and make analogies for you, but this is happening. There are those of you who cannot send your kids to the schools that you want to send your children to or cannot attend work pretty soon because you can't attend work and you won't get a paycheck, you won't be able to buy your plane tickets, or you just won't be vaccinated, you won't be able to purchase a plane ticket or even get on the plane. So uh, it's alarming how quickly what we were, you know, I was pontificating about or hypothesizing about literally a little over two weeks ago is now so much more real and happening. Um, this is my outline <laughs> that I printed 45 minutes before I came here, because that is how quickly these laws are changing. I feel like a very Debbie Downer <laughs> right now. I said that last time. Um, this is my new binder with new laws and new guidance and guidelines that is, is coming down, because the tide is shifting very, 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 very quickly. Um, why, why this video? We know because we are seeing it already happen now, and if we could go to the next slide. I'm going to explain how this is happening and how this, this kind of social credit system, because that's a social credit system. That's not a vaccine verification or passport system. That is a social credit system. What does, China, what does that country's social credit system have to do with our green pass, our health pass, our verification pass? What does that have to do? It has to do with this. It has to do with mandates. They're already coming down from the federal government for federal employees. We all know this. 
And before actually we go further into the slides, I do want to do just a very quick, I didn't get to do it last time, very quick review of political science, of history. Um, I think I did touch on it. But we have, you know, we came from Britain. We came, obviously the Native Americans were here, Christopher Columbus, allegedly, or whatever the story may be. Then we had the 13 colonies here in the 1760s. We broke away from England and we established the colonies here. This sounds silly that I'm doing this sixth grade history, but it's so important because what we're talking about, I'm just like tired of the rhetoric that we're like these, you know, don't tread on me, mega patriotic, you know, whatever we are, Trumpers or whatever the case may be, Republicans. This has such a deep-rooted history, not only in this country, but when we talk about freedoms and we talk about individual rights and individual liberties, these are principles that, that were established in, in Greek philosophy, Roman philosophy, in, mentioned in the Bible, adopted by the Roman Catholic Church, incorporated into their teachings. This has nothing to do with America. America. It's not, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about what it means to be a human being. It's, it's, it's so interesting how twisted this has become because when we have this conversation, I'm not talking about Republicans' rights to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated or have a vaccine passport or not. I'm not talking about right, left. I'm talking about human beings. I'm talking about your children, my children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your neighbors. I'm, I'm talking about you. This is, this is, these are fundamental principles of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a free human being. And what we're seeing in other countries, what we're seeing keywords, we're building a moral society. Those people have to be condemned. Those people have to pay the price. We're already hearing that kind of language today. I mean, I have goosebumps. I mean, I just, I hadn't listened to the video since last time I saw it. And we're already using that, those, those phrases and those words now when we're talking about each other. We're talking about people who potentially have disabilities, have medical conditions, who can't get vaccinated, children who aren't even eligible for vaccination, or we don't know if they should get vaccinated. And we're talking about condemning these people and excluding them from the most basic functionalities of society. In France, you can't go to the market, the supermarket without a vaccine passport. It's happening already in France. Google it, look for a video, it's already happening. Australia, lockdown with drones. You can't leave your house. You go more than 10 kilometers, they arrest you. I mean, Australia is like a disaster. Um, so we know that this is already happening. And again, it's chilling because what's happening in the United States, it's going back to the history that we were just talking about. We have a federal government with very, very express, limited, enumerated, they're called powers that were set forth in the first Article I, Section 8 of the Constitution. And they are raise the army, coin money, uh, you know, run the postal system, declare war, raise up armies, certain functions, very limited because of the history they had with England. They want to keep the big government out only on those necessary powers to keep the states together, the colonies at that time. And all the other powers were reserved to the states. And those reserved to the people who elect their officials to represent them, okay? So the federal government is it's flexing its federal power muscles right now, and it's flexing 
and doing the federal mandates. So if we go to the next slide. So then they're like, monkey see, monkey do. Federal government's going to do it. They're going to recommend the states do it. So now we have the states. We have California and New York. New York already has Excelsior, the pass in New York. It's already happened. Louisiana has a pass. Now California, we have Governor Newsom. We already had, I mentioned last time, San Diego, Orange County, and Ventura County were the three pilot counties for a passport system. We all rose up. We all rose up. We went and we protested at the meetings, or whatever. We spoke our minds vehemently at the meetings. They weren't able to launch the pilot programs. So here comes in Newsom to say, never mind counties who couldn't get the job done. I'm going to do it for us. So now we're going to roll it out under state of emergency slash police powers. We're going to do this because we need to protect the health and the safety of the people. Let me go to the next slide. And this is what this looks like. And this is how they're marketing it. This is, I believe this is, and, and if you know, it's U.S. Food and Drug Administration or the World Health Organization, and this is how these two organizations, and I'll do, there's a whole other presentation where we will get into the software that I mentioned last time, the contracting that is already laid out, that is already planned, that is just waiting to be activated. So if you notice, FDA, World Health Organization, NYC, and this is their Vax Pass. So if we have mandates, this is what's going to happen. Federal government has mandates. The states are going to try and mandate. They're going to push it onto the private, and this is where we're here today. They're going to push it into the private entities, schools and businesses, employers. And then by default, the system's going to, without, without them mandating anything, they're going, to, they're going to force it by default, right? You go to the next slide. And we already have that happening. Google, Facebook. Walmart, Disney, but the slide that I forgot to put in was Southwest Airlines, Delta Airlines, the Postal Service, the firefighters, the people who are banding together and rising up and saying no to these. Because, yeah. Because that's, that's where we're at now. Can we go to the next slide, actually? Then we're going to go to schools, which we're already seeing. I have a mass class action lawsuit happening in L.A. County with a prestigious private school that the students, yeah, we do. We are, we are fighting that mandate because they want to mandate children 12 and up to be getting the vaccines. But you're starting to see how this is it's already happening. And everyone said it would never happen, and they thought the Fed, they were all waiting for the White House, they're all waiting with bated breath for the White House to make them. The White House will never do that because the White House does not have the authority to do that. The state, and that's why, that's why I'm here today. So the next slide, if you may. And this is what this looks like, okay? Barry is not, I can't read it. Barry is not vaccinated. Barry is not vaccinated. Barry is not ready to go out and have fun today. This is a screenshot from the Othena contract, which developed the composite app for the Orange County passport. This is what we were fighting about when people were calling us hysterical Orange County housewives, saying that there would never be a passport, that they would never require anyone to verify their vaccination status. This was the screenshot that we were fighting. It still exists. They've put it on hold. 
It obviously hasn't rolled out. You guys haven't seen it either. But in San Francisco, they are rolling out their passport. And in LA last week, they voted to do vaccination verification for all indoor locations. You can uh, thank, what's her name, something, Cynthia Nuri or something of the 63rd district. So they did vote to pass that. It hasn't been implemented yet, but this is in LA County. So they will be announcing in the next 10 days when that system is going to start and what kinds of indoor uh, localities will require vaccination verification. You guys can Google it. This is for the county. So, what, so can we go to the next slide? So, this kind of brings us full circle. Why, why are we here? Why am I back here again? Because you're wonderful. Because I'm wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here because of that, but I'm here because of this. Because if you guys, there's no color on this. There's no red, there's no blue, there's no brown. There's, there's, this is freedom. This is a fundamental principle. This is what people are literally risking their lives for today, still today, to come to this country. Literally, I, we, let's not get into it. Afghanistan, Mexico, South America, but I want, I, want to, I want to read this definition with you guys together. Freedom, the power or right to, the right to think, speak, or do without hindrance or restraint. The power of self-determination. Liberation from restraint or from the power of another. Independence. This is the antithesis to what we just saw. This is America, so now I will get America with you guys, I will get patriotic with you guys, but this is what this country was founded upon. This is, I'm not making this up. This is from a dictionary. <laughs> I should have cited it. It's an Oxford dictionary. We pledge allegiance to the flag. This is about freedoms. This is every, every principle that this country is, is founded upon stems from this. Independent sovereignty, autonomy, the right to think, speak, or do without hindrance or restraint. And these mandates that are coming down telling us what to put into our bodies. <laughs> that is, I don't even want to get into approved, not approved, also because that's going to be changing maybe tomorrow. That is antithetical to being a free human being and also to being a free American human being. So I think we're all on the same page and in agreement about that. So what do we do? So that's why I'm here. And as I mentioned last time, we are filing all the lawsuits that we can file. Um, we are doing a lot. Thanks. <laughs> we are. We're filing a lot of lawsuits. Um, as I mentioned before, we have to pray for good judges and good judges who are willing to do the right thing because it's frightening what we're seeing in the courts. Um, and you can tell who the good, good judges are because they won't make a decision. They'll punt it, but we're just getting punted. Um, as I mentioned, we're working, on, I'm personally working on a team of international attorneys that are incredible, um, have in, way incredible experience. I'm like the lowest on the totem pole. We are filing very strategic, brilliant, brilliant lawsuits, and we are getting the can, they are kicking the can down the line. 
And in the meantime, this is happening. So what do we need to do? We need to resist. And I am a lawyer, <laughs> and I'm not your lawyer. Um, this is not a attorney-client relationship. So as your friend, um, and as, as and a fellow American and human being, we need to resist. Because there are not, it's true, and it it's. Because the ground that we're seeing with the airlines that I mentioned and the USPS and the firefighters and the people that are getting together and rising up is not because of an attorney. And I, I hate to say it because I, it's not that we're not doing good work, it's that there are not enough hours in the day. There are not enough attorneys. We are turning away cases every day. There's just not enough attorneys. And in the meantime, this is happening. And they know that. They know that. It's just a matter of timing and resources. At a certain point, every one of us is going to be capped. So we need to show up at the rallies. They make a big difference. You need to go to the rallies. And I mentioned last time, I know that you guys don't want to do this. I, I mean, I love being here. I do want to do this. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want to go to the rallies. I didn't want to go to downtown LA, the city hall on a Saturday and protest or speak my voice peacefully but forcefully at the LA city hall up against vaccine passports. But you have to go because they think we're asleep. And while we're asleep or they think we're asleep, this stuff is coming down. You need to go, and I know it's uncomfortable, but this is the time that we live in. I, I mean, I'm 38. I never thought in my wildest dreams, like, you know, I live in Southern California. I have a very, 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 very blessed life. And this is not what I thought I would be doing with a four-year-old and a two-year-old at home, but this is the time that we live in. You need to talk about this because people I went to a dinner party, a birthday party, my best friend, one of my best friend's birthday parties um, last night in L.A., and they did not know that there's a vaccine passport that's launching in L.A. Not one person had an idea, had any idea. And my poor husband was like, please don't make a scene. <laughs> please, don't, please don't do anything weird at this party. We haven't seen anybody in a really long time. Please don't make a scene. I was like, I'm not going to say anything to anybody. I just want to have a fun time. So then I'm like, hey, what are you guys going to do about that vaccine passport? Of course, it was like the first thing out my mouth. And no one knew. <laughs> I don't care. I, don't, I mean, honestly, I don't care anymore because it's not slowing down, you guys. The lawsuits are brilliant. The lawsuits are filed. We're not done. The judges are either want to, don't care, and they issue the rulings, or the ones that know are kicking it down the road. They, they don't want to, it's, it's terrifying. We have the Department of Justice. I mentioned to you guys last week, or last time I was here, the Department of Justice, which is the highest, it's part of the executive branch, but it's the highest, basically legal, lawful, not lawful, but like the part of the government that interprets and then enforces the law, telling us that a statute that's been around for decades and has been enforced in a certain way that requires you to have the choice to accept or reject a product that hasn't been approved by the FDA, issuing an 18-page opinion saying that's not what those words mean and that's not what the last however many decades of, of using this statute means. We have the Department of Justice. It's horrifying. Literally that day I like, 
I, I, I almost couldn't get out of bed because it's, it's, so, it's so alarming. But the theatrics and the mental gymnastics that are happening in 18-page opinion to try and get, explain why words don't mean why, what they mean and what they've meant for 40 years, that's the kind of effort that is being put into this counter, whatever you want to call it, just the verification vaccination movement, the pro-vaccination movement, let's just call it that. So we have to show up, we have to talk about it. I know you don't want to talk about it. I did want to talk about it at the dinner party, but I know a lot of you don't want to talk about it at the dinner party, but you have to talk about it. People literally have no idea that this is happening. They don't, and then when they do, because there were a couple of people who came, there was two, like a mom and then a dad, a separate couple, who came up to me and like, oh my God, I can't believe you know. They were so relieved that someone else knew what was going on. They wanted to talk to me about that. And then other people, it's, you have to speak up about this. And then, when you're talking, you have to unite, and then you have to resist together. What does that mean? It means Russia. You don't go. Russia has completely boycotted, completely boycotted the vaccine verification system. They don't go out. They do not buy groceries from any of the stores that are using the vaccination. In France, they're starting to do that as well. They don't go to the restaurants. You've seen the photos. The restaurants are empty. They do not go. You support institutions that support your basic fundamental right to be a human being. And make the decision about what you're going to put inside of your body and how you're going to take care of yourself and your children. Because as we also know, if we can go to the next slide, I think we have more slides, right? The vaccines are not vaccines. A vaccine the traditional definition, because if you go look at the definition now, it's changed, and it actually includes mRNA technology, is now the new definition of a, of a vaccine. The tradition, thankfully I'm neurotic, my husband knows, and I screenshot literally anything that I find that is like, this doesn't sound, I screenshot it. The traditional definition of a vaccine is something that prevents the transmission of the virus, of the disease. And now we know that it's not. And a lot of people knew this beforehand or had suspicions of this, but we have the director of the CDC that is admitting people who are fully vaccinated can now con contract and transmit the disease, the virus, with the same viral loads as individuals who, don't, who are not vaccinated. So, not only is it not a vaccine that does not fall under immunity under the PrEP Act, which is why they tried to spin these as, as vaccines, because if they're a vaccine, they can be forced, they can be mandated, and then they also get immunity under the PrEP Act. It was a Ronald Reagan PrEP Act. Um, he passed it in 1986, and it was to grant immunity to manufacturers, distributors, doctors, anyone, like basically down the chain, the assembly line, the distribution line of vaccines from anything that happened to you or your children when you became vaccinated and you had an adverse reaction. So they had to say these were vaccines, even if we give them the benefit of the doubt. They're no longer they don't do what they were intended to do. So now, why the verification system? Why, boss? I'm actually 
I'm actually really alarmed. I, I wanted to talk to you about this vaccine policy that we have because it says here um, that the goal is to prevent transmission of COVID-19 in the office, but now we have, we know this, and now your vaccine policy says, vaccination policy says, anybody who's vaccinated doesn't have to get tested, doesn't have to mask, doesn't have to socially distance, doesn't have to symptom check. So now I'm walking around the office with vaccinated people who might have COVID-19, but little to no symptoms because the, vac the shots do do that. And they're just spreading COVID-19 around this office and we have no idea. How is that preventing the transmission of SARS-CoV-2? How is that making me safe? It's actually putting me at danger. Because before, before, at least we were all testing, at least we were all doing the temp checks, at least we were all symptom checking, and we we're keeping each other accountable. Now these people have a pass, a free pass, a vaccination pass, and a free pass to come into this office without any other safeguards so that they can come in with no symptoms and give us COVID-19. It's... I was, we were talking about it in the green room, and I, I understand, I'm in this, right? Like, my job, again, ask my husband, my job is to, to be critical and question everything. And, but what does that mean? But what did you mean by that? But what does that mean? And why did you write it like that? And why did you send your text 10 minutes instead of, you know, I, I, that's my job, okay? It translates into the personal life a little bit, but <laughs> I understand, I understand that when I hear, when I receive these phone calls, and I received these messages. Nicole, you have to help me. I have to get the shot. I'm like, why do you have to, what happened? Are you okay? Why do you have to get the shot? My, my, boss, my, my work just sent out a memo. And I was like, well, what, what happened? Did they give, they give it, like, what, what's going on? No, read the policy. And I read this policy that is complete, there are some good, there are some well-written policies. Not in like a good way, but like they're technically well-written. Um, but most of them are not, because as we discussed last time, everybody wants, I, I do believe that the majority of the schools and the businesses want everybody to get back to work, everybody to get up and running, everybody to get their paychecks, for them to start making money, everybody wants to get back to normal as quickly as possible, and just to start making money, become self-sufficient again. You know, I, I do believe most bosses are just like waiting for Cal OSHA, waiting for the CDC, waiting for someone to give some guidance, the EEOC, so that they can just implement some sort of policy and they're not even thinking about it. They're literally cutting and pasting from guidance, from guidance that doesn't know about your, your demographic, does not know about your business, does not know about what kinds of employees work here, does not know about what other safety measures you have, does not know your insurance, does not know your workers' comp insurance, does not know anything about your business, and all these blanket, they all read the same. And again, I'm giving these employers and these schools the benefit of the doubt because they just want, they just want anything, anything that they think. But if you go, and this is where we ended last time, and I've crafted a letter that I, um, that I, uh, Dr. Gold and America's Frontline Doctors, we, you know, we had all been, there was like, right when all this came out, we were all working together. They had crafted this letter and then I, I fine-tuned it and made it my, like just my own because I have additional questions that I want you, I want you, it's on my website, it's for free. I do not care. I want you to take this letter. I want you to read, I want you to take, this is what we're gonna do now. So if you do wanna get a piece of pen and piece of paper, this is what we're going to do. We're going to show up at the rallies. We're going to vote on the recall. Sorry, we need to back up. We're going to back the train up. 
We're going to vote on September 14th. We're going to vote yes to recall Gavin Newsom. This is what's happening. Okay. And again, this isn't even a political thing. This is when Gavin Newsom is out and a Democrat is not elected into his spot. Everybody pay attention. This is a different presentation you guys are going to have to handle. When we vote him out and we vote someone with common sense and decency and morals and a brain in, then we will no longer have a state of emergency and all of this ends. Okay? We, everything that we are doing has a human component, a legal component, a medical component, like all, every single thing we're doing. So whether it's from the schools, to the universities, to the recall, to the Board of Supervisors, we have a lawsuit that's going, we have a recall that's going, we have a petitions that are getting signed, you have people yelling at the board, you know, speaking at the Board of Supervisors, you guys just go and be excited. Go to the Board of Supervisors, but that's the human, that's another human component, that's the legal component. We have to attack everything from all angles. One, you cannot rely on the attorneys because there's not enough of us, we're not making as much progress as we wanted, and number three, we do not have the time. You have got to get involved. I cannot emphasize it enough. I can't, like, I don't even know, there's no way to describe it a different way. There is no time. You, we never thought private schools in Los Angeles County would be mandating 12-year-olds to get vaccines. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think that I would be saying that in August 2021? I swear to God, you cannot make this stuff up. You think it's, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I think we're amongst like-minded. We don't think it's not going to happen, right? This is, not, this is not the group that's like, that's never going to happen. We all know it's going to happen, right? Can we just agree? Okay. So then they're, it's going to... They're all based. Okay, good. They're all based. I heard about base. That's, he, he taught me about base. So it's going to happen. It is a matter of time. So you need to go to the board meetings, to the city council meetings, to the Department of Education meetings. It is a lot of time but this is a lot of time for me, and we, the people are doing it every single day, and we don't have any more time, so you all need to go. So you're going to go, you're gonna vote, recall, yes, recall Gavin Newsom, I'm gonna let you figure out who we're voting for for the candidate to replace him, and then you're going to go to the Board of Supervisors meetings, and then you are going to be talking to every single person you know about it. It doesn't have to be an aggressive thing. I told you, last night at the dinner party, I was like, what are you guys going to do about that L.A. passport thing? That's such a bummer. She's <laughs> just going to drop it a little bomb out there and see how people react. It wasn't mean. It wasn't, it wasn't aggressive. It, wasn't, it, was, it was a truth bomb. Actually, it was a truth bomb. But I just, you know, just want to like have a little conversation about this over dinner. I haven't seen you in a year. Let's talk about vaccine passports. That sounds like fun. Um, at the park, I'm serious. What are your kids doing for school? Oh, you guys have to mask. Okay, that's such a, uh, how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't like it either or whatever the, the, the opinion may be. So I decided to send our daughters here. This is how I made that decision. Sharing information, opening people's minds to this. You have to, I, I, I swear to God, this is my girlfriend from law school. She's brilliant. Her husband is, br this was like not a, shoddy group of individuals, no one had any idea that this was happening. And it's not anyone's fault. Again, we're all really overwhelmed. There's a lot going on, but now is not the time. You guys have no excuse. 
not to talk about this. And where's the live stream? You guys, nobody. Nobody has any excuse. Because I know you guys have all been here on this weekend crash course for civil liberties and human rights and freedom, so I know that you guys know you have to be talking about this. And then, when you are faced personally with a policy, you're going to, and these are the steps, you're going to print out this. I'm not going to, I'm trying not to be condescending, but it is, you have to do this because it's overwhelming. Look at me. This is the 21st century. Is this 21st century? 21st century? I print. Look at my highlighting. This is how, I'm not saying this is how you lawyer, but this is how you have to read this stuff, you guys. This is how I do it. I'm like, well, I'm a nerd, but I'm a little bit, or neurotic. I'm a little bit neurotic. But this is how you have to read these policies so you can break them down into bite sized pieces, understand what applies to you, when it applies to you, and what you need to do to protect yourself. Okay? So I'm not being, I do it too. I just want you to know I'm not being condescending when I, it's, I'm breaking it down simple so that you can do it, and it's also because I do it as well. You're going to print it out. You're going to take a highlighter and a pen, and you're going to circle, like I just said, the dates. You're going to highlight the key dates. This is the deadline. This is the deadline for an appeal. This is a deadline for a review. This is the email who I send it to, because this is all really important. You're going to circle, underline, whatever you need to do. Then you're going to understand the policy. You're going to identify who you need to speak with, and then you're going to ask them for a meeting with that person. Because... I don't have time to do this for you, and you can do it for yourselves. And when you speak to people, like you're going to start speaking with them at the office and the wherever and at school and the playgrounds, you're going to get together, and you're going to have the meeting together. And you are going to do this yourself, just like the USPS, the Postal Service people, postal workers did, just like the firefighters are doing, just like the CHP is doing, the teachers union in New York, don't even get me started. You are going to do this for yourself. So then you're going to go, and you're going to go to my website, and you're going to download either the school or the employer counteroffer. Okay? And you're going to take the counteroffer, and it has, I think it has now 18 questions. And you're going to read it so you understand what the questions are, and you're going to add your, all, your other questions, and you're going to submit it to your whoever is identified in the policy, and you're going to ask for a meeting to discuss these questions. Some of these questions include, is, workers is your workers' compensation going to co cover me if I'm injured and I'm out of work for X number of days? We have to flip the script. We ha why are you coming to me? Why are you calling me and saying you have to get a shot? Your boss implemented a policy does not mean your boss, well, your boss is your boss, but your boss is not the law, okay? And your boss is a human being. And bosses, this is, I started employment law, do things illegal all the time, by accident and on purpose. So let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. We're going to go with it. Truly, actually, really important is to go with an open heart and an open mind. Again, I'm not being condescending. We have to be compassionate with these people who are trying to navigate this. They're trying to navigate this, and this isn't their job. This is my job. I do law, or practice law. They don't practice law. They're trying to figure it out. So we need to go with them with compassion. I'd like to have a meeting to discuss with you to discuss me and my 17 closest colleagues. 
would like to have a meeting with you. We understand the pressures that you're under. We think there are a couple of issues or a couple of items that were overlooked that we need to discuss. And then you're going to submit this letter. Another thing, uh, let's just see here. Uh, since January 2020, there have been over 178 reported breaches of unsecured protected health information. If you propose on collecting my private health information, my medical data, my vaccination status, if I've been in the office, if I haven't, did I have COVID-19, what kind of symptoms did I have, my temperature, where will you be storing that information? What systems are you going to use? The Amazon, eBay, the pipeline, the factory workers, whatever, you were, were not using that allowed them to get breached, what system are you using that's not going to get my personal information breached and hacked and sold on the internet? Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, there's 18 questions. So <clears throat> you're going to have a meeting with them and then you're going you're gonna to take over. You're going to take over the narrative. You're going to flip the script and you're going to have a conversation and you're going to have a conversation about the goal. What is the goal of this policy? The goal of the policy, I understand the way I read it, is to prevent the transmission of SARS-CoV-2, of COVID-19 in the office. But right now we know, and we printed it out, because it's cited in here, and you're going to print it out, and you're going to send, get, come with a letter or with a statement from the CDC, as if they don't already know. But we know the director of the CDC is saying that vaccination doesn't prevent the transmission of COVID-19 and that those individuals actually have the same, high, same viral load as myself, or if my, maybe that person is vaccinated, but is, is on the right side of history, wants to be on the right side of history, and is against mandatory vaccines. So that's another point. Talk to everybody. Do not assume because someone is vaccinated that they don't understand what is right. This is not about vaccinated versus unvaccinated, right versus left, Republican, Democrat. This is what is right and what is wrong. Do not, there were, when we were at that rally on Saturday at the LA City Hall, there were hundreds of vaccinated people there saying with shirts, I'm vaccinated, I'm pro-vax, I'm anti-mandates. Hundreds, hundreds. It was incredible. It was really, really, really moving. So don't sell yourself short. So you're going to say, we now understand that the, vaccina the vaccines don't prevent transmission. We believe the policy, the purpose of the policy is being defeated. How are we going to work around that? How are we truly going to protect us moving forward in, SARS, in, the, in the time of this COVID-19 pandemic or whatever variant we're on? And so that's the dialogue you guys are going to have. Um, let me see here. What else I have? I think... The best with this background is to go into questions. But um, my, my website is facts. So my handle on Instagram and my website is facts, law, truth, and justice. So like the facts, facts matter, F-A-C-T-S, law, L-A-W, truth, T-R-U-T-H, justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E. I don't know. I just, it came to me one night and I was really tired, but it sounded good at the time. So it's factslawtruthjustice.com. Um, and if you go to the resources tab, you will be able to find the letters. You can take the letters to schools. You can take them to universities. And you open up this dialogue. You cannot, I, I just don't understand. You cannot not say that the vaccines, you can't exempt vaccinated individuals 
any longer. It's not to punish them, but it's to actually achieve the goal, the end result. How are we gonna get there? And then that is a conversation that you guys need to have with your bosses. And it, is, it has been happening with a lot of success, like we've already mentioned. Airline workers, USPS, you just have to stand up. And when they realize the huge gaping holes in liability, they will have a conversation with you. You just need to resist. So I think that's, that's good for right now. Wow. Yeah? I want to do this real quick. Uh, and by the way, um, I asked Pastor Rick uh, to come up and field the questions. I hit a wall. I, I've had like four hours sleep. I, I can't even formulate a sentence right now. So uh, he's going to field the questions, and I'm going to go take a nap. I'm kidding, but I, I'm going to listen. I'm so okay. blessed by you. Oh. And um, there, uh, yeah, amen. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the first responder that uh, started this in our county, a member of our congregation, texted me and asked if, would you put me in touch with Nicole? Because people, are, uh, firefighters are calling me from all across the country. <laughs> oh, that's so, uh, you really need more work. And I said, um, no, no, I said, for sure. Because I know you, you can't say no, you have a problem with that. Um, she's making an enormous difference. One person can make a difference, and all of you need to be that one person. Uh, Pastor Rick, uh, we're going we're gonna, to, with your permission, broadcast this on our mm -hmm. uh, uh, live stream, or uh, Vintage McCoy. Uh -huh. So we're filming it, so he's going to be articulate, he's rested, he's, he's, he's got a face for video. I, I got one for radio. <gasps> uh, I want to read this to you. Grab a seat, Rick. Relax. Um, and I read this uh, a couple days ago, but I just thought it was fitting, especially the way you went through all of it. Uh, this is an Abbott and Costello, who's on first? Some of you have seen it, some of you haven't. Uh, you can't come in here. Why not? Well, because you're unvaccinated. But I'm not sick. It doesn't matter. Well, why does the, guy, the other guy get to go in? Because he's vaccinated. But he's sick. It's all right. Everyone in here is vaccinated. Wait a minute. Are you saying... Everyone in there is vaccinated? Yes. So then why can't I go in there if everyone is vaccinated? Because you'll make them sick. <laughs> How will I make them sick if I'm not sick and they're vaccinated? Because you're unvaccinated. Okay. <laughs> but they're vaccinated. But they can still get sick. So what the heck does the vaccine do? It vaccinates. So vaccinated people can spread COVID? Oh no, they can't spread COVID just as easily as uh, an unvaccinated person. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Look, I'm not <laughs> sick, okay. And the guy you let in is sick, that's right. And everybody in there can still get sick even though they're vaccinated, certainly. So why can't I go in again? Because you're unvaccinated. I'm not asking who's vaccinated or not. I'm just telling you how it is. Never mind. I'll just put my mask on. That's fine. Now can I go in? Absolutely not. But I have a mask. Doesn't matter. Uh, I was able to come in here yesterday with a mask. 
Uh, I've lost it here. Let's see. There we go. You guys are killing me. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, oh. Oh, here it is. Yeah, thanks. I told you I'm tired. You didn't listen to me. Oh, here it is. Uh, but I have a mask. Doesn't matter. I was able to come in here yesterday with a mask. I know. So why can't I come in here today with a mask if you say, because I'm unvaccinated again, I'll break your arm. Take it easy, buddy. So the mask is no good anymore? No, it's still good. But I can't come in. Correct. Why not? Because you're unvaccinated. But the mask prevents the germs from getting out. Yes, but people can still catch your germs. But they're all vaccinated. Yes, but they can still get sick. But I'm not sick. You can still get them sick. So then masks don't work? Oh, masks work quite well. So how in the heck can I get a vaccinated person sick if I'm not sick and masks work? Third base. Yeah. <laughs> that's the presentation. That's, yeah. the, that, that's it. That's it. All right, Pastor Rick, uh, I'll give you the mic, and what a blessing my brother is. We could not have grown 400% in six months, survived it, the staff still be alive, minister to this community, take on a lawsuit against the county and the state, which, by the way, we sent that press release where they said that we, uh, they, they dismissed our cross-complaint because they said there's not a state of emergency we filed with the state Supreme Court, the California Supreme Court, that then lift the emergency. They dismissed it without any explanation. So we are now, they dismissed ours without explanation. Yeah. So now uh, we are going up the food chain. We're not quitting. We're just not going to quit. <laughs> that being said, we, we've got a recall effort with our own local supervisor. There's a thousand irons in the fire. Thank you. Bless you guys. And, and we all have to do our part. I, could, I can't do what I do without that man. He has blessed me more than you could possibly know. He's a gift from God. So um, thank you for putting things together in a very practical way giving everybody a list of homework to go do, mm -hmm. how to get involved, mm -hmm. because we know that there's a flood of people that come at anyone that is a lifeline. It's like everybody in the room that is being mandated by their boss to get a vaccine, it's like they're a drowning person and you're the only lifeguard on a beach of 5,000, right? Yeah. And so um, thank you for doing that. And I just wanna encourage you guys because you're like, well, my situation's a little unique. You have to just, She's just done the hard work for you. She's your friend. She's not retained by you. If you have a lot of money, you can hire Nicole, but there's not time. No. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ethan says there's no time. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Got a husband and two kids, right? <laughs> so we want to look at these questions that will come in. And I don't know if you can. Can you see the screen? Oh, yeah, Nicole? yeah. Okay. okay. So um, is there any class action lawsuit being prepared in federal court to stop the county, city courts from forcing the shot? any class action lawsuit mm, in federal court to stop the county city courts okay so not that I know of no no okay nothing at this time nothing and, at this time and we know and maybe you could just briefly real quick you have to really present an amazing case 
because if we lose, it sets precedence. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that just briefly because it's so yes. important? Okay, so and also I'm rereading the, this question and I just, so if we're asking about federal, okay, it sounds like, okay, so it moved, but federal mandates, uh, mandates on federal employees, like we discussed, the federal government can do man mandates on federal employees. That's within its purview, right? So also military, they can do mandates on the military as well, because those are federal employees, they're exclusively within their jurisdiction. So when it comes to states, then the states have the police powers, that's what they're using right now, to mandate the teachers, to mandate the healthcare workers, and they're all saying that this is within their police power, the state's police power. It's a Jacobson versus Massachusetts lawsuit that I know you guys have heard of. It's a 1905 case that has been superseded by science and law including the Nuremberg Code and various other codes of ethics, the California Health and Safety Code. Um, but that is basically the one case, and even that case w is very specific. It was about a, I, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just explaining because I didn't talk about this in the, in the thing. But um, in terms of the state, they're talking about courts, and uh, I, there were a couple of some like state institutions, right? So it sounded to me like that question was about can, this, can we do something, a class action against California at Newsom for doing state mandates on state employees is how I read that question. So he's doing it under this police power, under this Jacobson versus Massachusetts precedent, Supreme Court precedent. You know, it's, a, it's an argument that, no, that people have tried to make. I don't think it's been... Number one, the one case that I saw, it may, attacked head-on the Jacobson precedent. I don't think it was argued correctly. I think there were a lot of facts that it missed. Jacobson versus Massachusetts was about a statewide, um, excuse me, the local counties had the authority to do these vaccination mandates. It was for the residents 21 and older, and the, the vaccine had been proven, had been like out for trials, and had been established and found to be safe. And if you didn't get the vaccine, you got to pay a fine. That's not what is happening here. None of these are the same. Again, we're, not, we're dealing with kids. We're dealing with authorized vaccines that are still in the clinical trials. I don't care if it gets passed or approved on Monday. It still has not passed the, the even shorted, shortened timeline that they had, approval timeline that, that they had thought. Typically, they take 10 to 15 years to get approved. They had broken it down or reduced it to like two or three, and now even we're doing it less than that. So, I mean, I had a friend that was, you know, well, are you going to do it when it gets approved? I was like, well, in a normal approval, I would have done it, but this is not a normal. You don't get to call this an approval and then say it got approved. Like, again, the semantics is just crazy. But my point is, is that California, Governor Newsom, it has arguably the police power to um, mandate state employees to get the vaccines. And... Teachers unions, there's teachers unions, yes, they're doing a lawsuit. Um, I know firefighters want to do a lawsuit. Um, I, I know a lot of healthcare workers want to do lawsuits, but there's no class action specifically to this issue. No, sorry. What does an employee of the Los Angeles United School District do if they are being forced to get the vaccine? Well, they go to my website. They talk to their friends. I'm, I'm not being, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but honestly, that is what needs to happen right now. Again, because also the really, the most horrifying thing, I think, of the, all of this is that they're doing this 
like two weeks before school starts. It's like, what are you supposed to do? We have 12-year-olds in private schools, is one case that I'm talking about. They've paid tens of thousands of dollars to go to the school, and all of a sudden now they're going to have to get a vaccine. They could get an exemption, not really the medical, right, because that's really narrowly defined typically. They can maybe get a religious exemption. We don't really know. It's two weeks before school starts. If it doesn't get accepted, are you going to be able to appeal it? And if they can't appeal it, where are they going to go? How many private schools are available? Schools are booked. You guys have jobs. If you're a teacher, you have to go back to school. Like, you don't have the option. So that is, that is why, and when I say this stuff is coming down the pipe so fast, every day I wake up and there's something new that's happening. Like, every day is, I feel horrible, like, for my family, but I'm just like, it's like a bombshell because every, something new is coming. That's why you have to educate and get together, you guys. There's power in numbers. There's power for your, it makes you feel stronger yourself to speak up, but also you stand up, someone's going to see you stand up, then they're going to get see somebody, and then two more people are going to stand up. And again, it's not about a revolution, not yet. It's not about a revolution or a riot. It's about going together and showing how many people truly are not happy, are going to be affected by this, and asking to have a dialogue. This is not just you, but you can do it by yourself. There's strength in numbers, and you have to be willing to take the flack. Mm -hmm. You are not going to be unscathed by this. You're going to lose friendships, relationships, co-workers. There is a price for liberty, and unless you're willing to pay the price for liberty, you will have no liberty. And until you get in that mindset that we are now in a full-blown conflict for our civil liberties, because we have to fight while we have freedom, because it's harder to fight when you're thrown in jail for this uh, medical apartheid, mm -hmm. right? So now we have to stand, and it's going to be, and it's it's going to it's a difficult time. I mean, and, true, and it's it's, it's heartbreaking. Life. I mean, yeah. it's life. Yeah, it's life and liberty because yeah. people are dying. That's right. So it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, when the kids got when they went after the kids, I was like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Kids are dying. Kids are getting myocarditis and surviving myocarditis with the heart of a seven-year-old man and have to be on heart medication, that is not surviving myocarditis. Well, the risk-reward to force this on our children who are not susceptible, uh, right. I mean, to, anyway, so. So it's, it's and, and to your point, and we said it last time with Dr. Dr. You know, um, Simone Gold, and I think she quoted Ian Smith, who's that gym owner in New Jersey, you have to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable because it is going to be way more uncomfortable like this way more uncomfortable taking care of your kid who has neuropathy or has stroked out and you know the, the, the stories are horrifying and i mean just headline after headline today yeah. uh, jesse jackson uh his wife was in the hospital and now he's in the hospital they're both fully vaccinated mm -hmm. and from COVID. so it's uh, the whole argument is so ludicrous mm -hmm. if it when it comes to follow the science mm -hmm. well, that seems rather unscientific. <clears throat> um, right? Also, just so you guys know, I would appreciate it if you go, you don't have to follow me or anything, I don't care about that, but go onto my Instagram, Facts Law Truth Justice. The FDA is going to rush the approval of Pfizer. They're voting on it in private tomorrow. They typically have public meetings about this and they're doing it in private. You guys, you're not crazy. This is not right. Every single opportunity that they have to be transparent and share that data with us, 
Like, okay, fine, you want to rush it. We have a pandemic, we have Delta, people are dying, kids are dying, and you know, everybody's dying. Now is the time. We're ready. Okay, fine. We're, we're going to listen. Let's have a public meeting. Let's rush this approval. Let's get those crazy anti-vaxxers on board. Let's just do it. And then they choose to have a private meeting. Every opportunity that they have had to be transparent and, and like, a, you know, calm our fears or calm our anxieties, they do the opposite and they ratchet it up. You guys, we're not crazy. Like, I, my children are vaccinated. I'm not, you know, it doesn't matter. Even if you are anti don't like vaccines, I, that's not a judgment, but I'm just saying to you, I, I never had this mentality, but with time after time after time after time, it doesn't make sense. You have got, if this doesn't make sense, get ready for what they are going to do. This doesn't make sense, but it is, these contracts are signed. They were signed in 2018, they were signed in 2019. This has been the plan for a very long time. It's going to happen unless you speak up. Yes. And like I've shared many times, I have had dozens of vaccines. I've traveled to 17 different countries, all kind, yellow fever, typhoid, all this stuff that has been tested. I'm not an anti-vax guy, but every single one of them I took by choice. Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, that's, you know, yeah, well, the, you know, the, once they, because there's smear campaign to label us anti-vaxxers. I'm not anti-vax, I'm not pro-vax, I'm pro-liberty, and that's what we're standing for. And seeing hundreds of people that have been vaccinated standing because they don't mm -hmm. think it's right mm -hmm. to violate the mm -hmm. people's uh, decision mm -hmm. uh, or apprehension, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Anyway, so we digress in passionate <laughs> tirade. Go well, fight, win. Can I just win. say one more thing? Oh, one more thing, um, we're I not done. Um, this is not an anti-vax issue. This is, this is it, a medicine. It most certainly is not. This is a medicine. When, on God's green earth, in a church, can I say this? Have you, any, has my boss ever told me what medicine to take to reduce my symptoms? Because if you're going to do that, then are they going to tell you, we should be taking vitamin D, we should be taking zinc, we should be taking IVER, you know, whatever, I don't want to get kicked off rumble. Are we going to take... Are we going to walk 30 minutes at our, on our lunch break? Are we going to be, have standing desks? Are we going to do stress relief, meditations? There's so many things. If your boss is going to start telling you what you need to do to be healthy, then it's not certainly a vaccine or whatever this is with these kinds of results. And there are thousands of other things that they actually should be recommending to make you have a healthy lifestyle. And the right to privacy is a huge thing. I mean, it's just, um, anyway, next question. <laughs> How can we support your work, Nicole? That's a great question. Oh. How can they support you? Um, well, you just mentioned getting on, um, uh, not signing up for Instagram, but. Oh, so go, so that's, I digress. So um, the meeting, right, so if you follow me on Instagram, I do, I will post as much as I can, like it's measures, meetings to go to, petitions to sign. Right now, specifically on my, the last post that I made is to submit calls. This is the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Emails and call all day tomorrow. All day, I don't care. Put it on speakerphone on your desk. Type away at your remote desk that you're, whatever you're doing, or do it on your lunch break and call the FDA and tell them that you do not approve the rush approval of the Pfizer vaccine. You can also send emails. I put all the information, you guys, ask, again, ask my family. I go above, 
really truly, because I want this to be easy and I want everyone to do it. I put the email, I put the phone number, I put the link in my bio. So please, please, if you don't want the vaccine rush approved, please call and email tomorrow. Um, other ways that you can support, uh, I am looking for volunteers. I see people in the audience who, I, I need a volunteer to help me with the volunteers. <laughs> I need a volunteer to help me vet the volunteers and I, 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 I'm, I am getting very, a lot more organized right now. Um, and uh, we do need volunteers, we do need attorneys uh, or paralegals or anyone who likes to write and research. Truly, that would be, and can do it like organized, not just send me emails and articles, but can be like, here's a memo with uh, the five newest articles on data about, you know, uh, vaccinate, uh, hospitalizations of vaccinated people or COVID-19, uh, children with COVID-19 in the hospital, something like that, that would be great. Awesome. Um, what is the difference between a law and a mandate? Is a mandate enforceable and do businesses have to abide by them if it's unconstitutional? Um, you cannot, so yes, you need to abide by the law and mandates because mandates are, mandates are laws that, so a law is passed in the assembly, right? There's a process and it goes to the Senate and, da, 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 and you draft it and then there's a whole system. So that's a law. But a mandate in the time of a state of emergency is, is enforceable like a law. What was happening before is that they were doing mandates with no enforcement mechanism. So then it was like, well, what does this mean? I mandate you to wear a mask. And it's like, well, I don't want to wear one. And then there was no penalty. So it's like, it was a mandate. It was a law, but there was no enforcement mechanism. I think that got lost in translation with a lot of people. But they're the same force and effect. And you cannot violate a law and then sue on it. So like, if something is illegal, you have to be hurt by it. And then you can sue on it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, like if you're like this law abridges my, my right to free speech, you can't just go to court and you have to actually go try and speak and then have them violate and then you can, and then you can sue on it. Yeah. In light of how overwhelmed attorneys are right now, can you advise us of a legal approach that we can use as non-attorneys, such as notice of demand, cease and desist, non-consent? Those are um, on my page. I would argue that the letter with the 18 questions is almost like a cease. It's like an, I do it because I want you guys, I really am emphatic about this being a collaborative discussion with your schools and your business, uh, your employers. So I wrote it like as questions that you can ask and let them write their answers. Um, like a cease and desist is very, you know, this is a formal letter, cease and desist. It's like confrontational, adversarial. Um, but on, so my letters that are on my website and I'm still posting more, those are the, the question and answers. And then on the left side of the resources page, you can go to ICANN, I connected PERC, AFLDS, and all of, they have a ton. Um, and so I'm working specifically right now with Children's Health Defense and on there is a resource tab and that has all the letters. Uh, public school, private school, public university, private university, employer. Uh, federal employees, we have all, we took all the letters and we wrote formal legal cease and desist letters and that's linked under the Children's Health Defense leak on my website or you can go straight to Children's Health Defense. This is uh, really, I guess, just a, um, your insight into what you think uh, the Supreme Court was thinking. Okay. Why did the Supreme Court say the government and private employers can mandate the vaccine and employees can be fired for not complying? I mean, just the political 
the, just the political climate? What I mean, what's your take on this? Well, the, why did the Supreme Court say that government uh, that the government can man and private employers can mandate the vaccines and employees can be fired if not for not complying? Um, so I don't. Is there a specific case that we're talking about? Has there been a case that, oh, it, oh, so Well, I, I mean, the Supreme, like that Jacobson case said that the government can require their civil, you know, their, their residents to, to get the vaccine. Um, I was, don't that know. That was old though, 1905. And it, you know, it's it a different parameters. Yeah, it has been challenged. Or was it, there was a case in, um, I can't remember what state it was, but the, the lower court judge agreed and he was amazing. He wrote a really long, opinion and, and explain Jacobson doesn't apply, Nuremberg Code, this isn't the same, blah, 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 and then it got overturned. But I don't know the answer to that question because I don't know of a specific case. Yeah. A group of us at the hospital are planning on going, uh, doing the commoner the com law, commoner law route. Um, are you familiar with this? Uh, would you recommend it? So someone asked, just a couple of second questions ago about the cease and desist letter. Commoner Law Route, I actually signed up for their, they do like webinars and trainings and I have all their materials. It's similar to what I'm doing, but again, mine is just less adversarial. Um, it's, I don't, know, I don't know the common law, the commoner law, but the, I don't know the common law. Um, I'm not familiar with it. It seems good from what I've read. It's just very formal. They're like, this is your notice. You timestamp it, you get it notarized, and you have three days to respond. If they don't respond, and it's just very regimented, I've never done it myself, so I don't know. Um, I guess my, my advice would be to call, contact them, and find out what their success rate is, and then um, see what kind of results. So like, let's say you put the employer on notice, then, then what happens after that? If someone isn't hired for a job because they aren't vaccinated, is this discrimination? How can we handle this? It is discrimination, and you, those are really, really hard cases. So I started in employment law. I mean, I had, I've done, I was just, have a, I have my employment law uh, firm. I do employment law. It's just changed. Um, but those are really, really, really hard cases to, um, to prove up because they can typically find another reason, unless we have a smoking gun that says, we're not, please you know, fire that, or don't hire that person because she's a woman or Asian or pregnant or not vaccinated. Those are really, really hard cases to prove and they can typically find someone with comparable um, you know, qualifications that are just like, oh, we just decided to go with that person. You have to prove that they didn't fire you, that they didn't hire you because of that reason. There were no other reasons, and that's a very high threshold. It's very slippery to try to nail that mm -hmm. down. Can I get uh, her PowerPoint to educate my state? Yes. Do it. So my educate my state. I don't know whose state. Whose state? Are you a governor here? You're visiting us and you're educating. <laughs> never, never mind. Okay. Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the first follow-up thing to say to those that don't know about the Vax Pass when they have no clue? You could ask my friend <laughs> last night. Um, you know, I try and lead with questions because I also don't want to make them feel bad. I also don't want to alarm them, which I did. Um, they're like, "What?" So I just 
I, I ask a lot of questions. I was like, oh, well, didn't you hear? Did you see the rallies that were at you know, LA? Oh, I, I follow up with questions. Um, because I, again, I think this is really hard for people to un understand, know what's going on just from like a psychological standpoint where we are at this point in the pandemic, then also like understanding what is really going on. Um, and then people don't want to see, I don't, you know, when you saw that in the first video and people like, people need to be punished and that's the way it should be and we're building a moral society. These people, people think this way. And so it's really hard to wake people up. So I think by leading with questions, um, you get, you can go a lot further and then make them explain themselves and then they're like, that doesn't sound right. And so. I think this is such a practical um, thought and just, just with this, to add yeah. to this question. <laughs> I had a documented case of COVID in July. Can I use that fact to refuse the, to be vaccinated? I am a teacher, but there's a hundred million people in America that like myself, I got COVID, mm -hmm. my wife and I got COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we have a test that show, a T cell test that shows that we have the antibodies, mm -hmm. why is there not a huge, even in Europe, like watching as when Italy passed it on their QR, um, it'll show they're vaccinated or they have the antibodies mm -hmm. or they've had a test within mm -hmm. 24 hours mm -hmm. to go into their thing. In America, there's no acknowledgement mm -hmm. whatsoever, mm -hmm. which natural an antibodies, the studies are showing are more robust. Mm -hmm. They're not tailing off, mm -hmm. right? In, mm -hmm. in six months, eight months, mm -hmm. and you're gonna get one booster, two boosters. Now mm -hmm. we're getting ready for the third mm -hmm. Pfizer booster. Mm -hmm. um, would you get together with a bunch of people that have uh, the antibodies, mm -hmm. like the documentation? Mm -hmm. and, um, and just by way, just because we're talking about this, Red Cross always acknowledged that, mm -hmm. right? And they would put that on there. Mm -hmm. So we called last Friday to get a test because, and they said, oh, we're not putting that on our blood any uh, tests any longer or because uh, as of June 25th, because, and they said this, the representative, uh -huh. local representative said, because when people find out they have the antibodies, they will not get the vaccine. And the whole purpose is to push the vaccine on everyone. They didn't even hide it. They didn't <laughs> even hide it. I mean, it's not even subtle, right? And so if I have the, anyway. Well, okay, so two, so. two, point, two parts. Yes. Okay. Number one, in my letters, I put that. Um, are you aware, Mr. Boss, um, have you heard about natural immunity? And even if you don't have natural, and again, you're doing this for humanity. So I don't care if you have a natural immunity or not. You should be advocating for everyone. You should be advocating, and you should be advocating for these policies to be gone. Noticeably absent from my diatribe is any explanation on how to get an exemption. I am not here to tell you guys how to get an exemption so that you can validate these illegal, unconstitutional immoral, unethical, and inhumane policies. I'm sorry. I'm not, I, I, we don't have time. We do not, I, I just, uh, it's really, we don't have time, I'm sorry. And it's really a band-aid because the heart of the issue has not changed. Yeah. It's if we get, you know. You guys, people are getting, it's horrifying. People are, get, like I said, they're calling me and telling me they need to get vaccinated. Like, they're, people are getting vaccinated against their will. And again, even if the vaccines were amazing, you should not get a medical intervention because you feel, because you have to for your job. 
What kind of life and society is that, that you have to do X, Y, Z to keep your job, to go to school? I mean, I just, it's just, there's no, again, there's no like analogy. That's not how you live. I mean, I, I don't know if you can throw back up the, the definition of freedom, Isaac. That is not how you live. And this definition of freedom, this comes from Greek philosophy. Roman philosophy, this is biblical, this is Roman Catholic teachings, Greek Eastern Orthodox teachings, this has nothing to do with politics. This has nothing to do with Pfizer, Moderna, J&J. &J. This, no, this has to do with what it means to be a, a human living in the United States. Again, we have people clinging to the sides of airplanes, trying to get here, coming with their, sending their children alone to come live in this country. And we have dodo birds who want to just tell the government, yeah, can I, can I have my pillow now? Can I go now to the potty? Can I go to the park? Can I go get my groceries now? The other thing I want to say too is this. They want to give you your freedom back. You are born free, okay? You don't get your freedom back. Amen. Yes. I don't yes. understand. Right. I'll give you your freedom back if you do this. No, yeah. I have free. I, I can't believe because there's a there's a very political person that talks like this, so I can't. And I was like, oh, she's kind of crazy. So I guess I'm a little bit crazy, but she's right. She was she's right. She's totally right. She's totally I'm, right. Like, I love her I, now. I, mean, <laughs> I just can't believe I'm talking like well, this. Well, this this has really made strange <laughs> bedfellows for a lot of us, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. People that we would never uh, come across the aisle mm -hmm. in in our ideology, and now we're arm in arm with people that are just in love with liberty and freedom. Mm -hmm. And we're like, huh, <laughs> yeah. go, huh, go figure. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Okay, here we go. How is this mandate and vaccine different from the laws, mandates, and vaccines that have existed for years that are required by states for children to go to school? Uh, so there's a couple of things to So we kind of did the analysis already on Jacobson, okay? So um, then California specifically has a very robust, you know, vaccination policy. Um, and then we had Senator Pan who, you know, we've gutted all the exemptions. Uh, so that is, those are laws and policies that have been designed and implemented and passed in, to build the vaccination for school in, in California framework. Um, and then in terms of, just I think, touches here is that if COVID-19, the COVID-19 vaccines get approved and they do get added to the list of mandated or required vaccine, like the HPV vaccine, any vaccine that's added to the list after 2015 uh, must have, must, must, must provide a religious and a medical exemption, even though there are no more religious exemptions, personal belief exemptions for these K through 12 vaccines. We got rid of that. We do have a very, very limited medical belief or medical exemption for the vaccines. But if there are any new ones added to the list of required vaccines for K through 12 in California, they must have a medical exemption and also a religious personal beliefs exemption. Caveat is we'll see if they get passed, approved. Okay. I just want to be totally transparent because yeah. there's, I, I was like, we won, like here's a golden silver lining, like we'll be fine. And every, the, the really um, health freedom, the moms that have been doing this for a really long time when those bills were coming down, were like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So I was like, okay. Okay. Um, 
We still have the same, yeah. oh, there we go. What happens to health insurance and retirement funds? I am finishing my 25th year with LAUSD. So, um, I, what happens if you quit? Does anybody know, is that what you're saying? If you quit, what would happen to your health insurance? So, number one is do not quit, okay? You have no lawsuit if you quit. You have no right to, you know, um, any benefits if you quit, so nobody quit. Um, I just think you go have the meeting, try and figure it out, and then keep showing up, keep trying to have the meeting, and try and get the policy changed, and then if not, I think you walk. Um, I don't think you quit. I think you guys don't show up for a week and say we're, we're protesting this policy. We do not quit, we're committed to this company, we wanna work here, we wanna have a, you know, an, an interactive dialogue with you to resolve this issue, but do not quit because that's what will happen to your funds and your retirement funds. I mean, you know, I have a really hard time with the exemptions. I, you know, there are just some people who can't quit. You know, there are some people, or not quit, but get fired. Um, you know, some people, single mom, I've had single moms, they're like, I can't, I'm like, I need the, I need the exemption. So I'm like, okay, you know, you have to be realistic, but, um, so I would not quit, you will lose your benefits and you will lose your retirement funds. I do wanna say something, cause this reminded me, last time I mentioned that um, it, life insurance policies were denying benefits, um, deeming them as suicide. That is something that I heard firsthand from the insurance company. Since that time, I have followed up with like three or four insurance company, life insurance companies and they're not doing that. So I do wanna make that clarification cause I do think that got out and people were freaking out and I'm sure the government was like, you're gonna pay these benefits or something happened. And I haven't, I, I followed up with the four, I heard back from three and they're covering. I just wanna clarify that. Thank you for clearing that mm -hmm. up because I know that was a deep concern. This is gonna be our last question tonight. I'm a teacher, my district is giving me three choices for giving VAC status. Vaccinated, not vaccinated, or declined to answer. I am not vaccinated, what answer would you recommend? I would say I'm not comfortable answering any of those questions. That's what I would say. You guys cannot play in the policy. You cannot play in the system. I don't, I don't feel comfortable answering that. But you have to answer. I don't feel comfortable answering that. Just don't do it. Let's see, what they, let's see what they do. You just don't do it. Unfortunately, these are unprecedented times and uncharted territory, all the, all the euphemism or whatever, all the things. Um, you have got to push back. You have got to push back and you have to, why do you need to know? Did you, are you HPV vaccinated? Did you get your HPV vaccine? Um, do you, did you get your TB? Are you positive for tuberculosis? Did you get your HIV test? Are you guys, did you have HIV? I mean, this is the, you know, I get pretty cheeky when I, when I um, counsel people. Like if they really want, <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna ask me about my vaccination status, I wanna, I wanna know about yours. I wanna know about all of it. Why are you asking me about this vaccine? Or this, you know? Because it's really opening the door for all of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then if they store our um, things on, their websites and they get hacked mm -hmm. and now it's out there for the whole world. Mm -hmm. Well, I know there's a lot, of, lot more questions. Did you enjoy Nicole coming and trying to help us? Come in, let's stand up. Aw, thank you guys. <laughs>
You know, in these times, it is true that heroic efforts are being done, and, and Nicole's fighting in a heroic way, uh, just as uh, so many of you have been. There's business owners and in our county, because we're really, for us here locally, you guys, we can't, we can't turn the whole state of California, but we're going to focus on Ventura, because that's where we are, right? So we can't even, mm -hmm. I mean, Los Angeles, they got to fight their own battles. <laughs> we got, we, yeah. Everybody's got enough giants to fight wherever they're at, and we want to do that. But we want to uh, just close in prayer, and I would ask that you would join me as we pray that the Lord will just strengthen Nicole, Ethan, even their, their children, to allow them to continue this good fight. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father, thank you so much that we are blessed to be born into this incredible country that we can pursue life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And Lord, all of that is being uh, robbed by tyrants. And Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us courage. And I just pray specifically for Nicole, Lord, that you would anoint her by your spirit to give her a supernatural wisdom, strengthen her and Ethan in this uh, battle as she's fighting and... and uh, just a, all, the, all the conflict that can be there in these troublesome times. Lord, pray for the children. Just comfort their hearts. May your peace rest upon their marriage and their home and their family. Lord, we just ask that you would go before us. This battle belongs to you, Lord. Only you can rescue us. And like the children of Israel groaning under the burden of Pharaoh, crying out, Lord, deliver us. Send a deliverer. Lord, we pray for this recall election. We pray that we would be able to recall Governor Newsom and that we would have a candidate, Lord, that would set us free. Lord, raise up a leader in, our, in, our, in this state that would set a precedent for liberty so that we might get back to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this beautiful state. Lord, thank you for this time and for Nicole and her family. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you thank so much. Thank you. Right that was beautiful. Here. Thank you. All right, you guys. Hey, we got a, a nice place for these guys, and they're going to uh, uh, slip out. And so uh, I know that you want to talk for a long time and to have tea and crumpets, but... Uh, for the sake of this evening, I just ask for grace. Uh, I'm interceding for them. And so we're just going to let them uh, depart out this side door and uh, take off for a little uh, honey time and date, right? They got small kids? All right. Just